Hi, you're listening to 48 Minutes, and this is Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam. Ooh, boom shakalaka. Hello friends and you are listening to 48 Minutes Episode 7. I am your host, Alex Derrickson, joined this week by Sean Mackey. What's going on, Alex? Tim is not with us tonight because he had to go get some, he had to pick up a steak or some pork chops or has has gingivitis, I'm not sure. Priorities, man. Yeah, I know. You gotta, it's, it's, but that laughter you hear in the background is the co-host of J-Dub City from KESN 1033 ESPN Radio Dallas. As I live and fucking breathe, Will Chambers, how are you doing? <laughs> hey, Alex, good to be with you. Sean as well. How are you guys? Doing, doing well, dude. I haven't, so we haven't talked in like six years. I know, I know. You were, <laughs> we were just joking about how Alex doesn't talk to anybody, and he's like, oh, it just so happens we haven't talked in six years. I'm like, well, I've been down here for three, so I could, yes, you're probably right. It's been a while. <laughs> it has been, it's been quite a while. It's been six whiles if you measure one while to one year. Sure, sure. <laughs> well, before we get started, this is 48 Minutes. It does post each and every week on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And if you like what you hear and you want to keep hearing it and you never want to miss an episode, click that subscribe button. If you want to share us with your friends, please do, because our friends don't give a shit. Because, again, we live in Cincinnati. And no one cares about basketball in Cincinnati. We're too obsessed. We are too obsessed with tiny hippos. And what chili is better on a beef frank? Don't even get me started and having to try to defend that shit down here. <laughs> right? Everyone's just like, it looks like you're vomiting on a hot dog. It's like, it's delicious. Yeah, Shut like, up. Why do, you, do you guys shit on spaghetti up there and then eat it? Like, what's going on with that? And I was like, it's just, it's delicious. Just, just let it go. We shit on the spaghetti, then we eat the <laughs> spaghetti, and then we shit right. the shit and the spaghetti back out onto more spaghetti. It's a Cincinnati thing. Don't, don't, don't worry about cyclical. it. Jesus. That's right. No one gets That's it, right. but you can check us out at 48minutesnetwork.com. Click that subscribe button. Help us out. Help us help you. A little bit of housekeeping before we get into this Dallas Mavericks season preview spoiler. That's the topic for this week. We do have a Detroit Pistons season preview. The Oklahoma City season preview will be up by the time you hear this. There is also part of 48 Minutes Games, my review of the game Windjammers, a 1994 arcade flying disc game that was recently ported to PlayStation 4. I liked it a lot. Tim, as part of 48 Minutes Sidekicks, has done the top sneaker releases for September, and Sean has been busy delivering the top 10 games to watch for this season. Now that we have that out of the way, I'm going to get this question out of the way. Will. Yes. Dennis Smith Jr., Rookie of the Year. I'm right. I mean... Um, well, I tell you what, if I had to put money on it, on futures, it would be, he would be the guy. Uh, it would be between, in my opinion, he and Lonzo Ball. It was something that on draft night, uh, we hosted a, a draft special, uh, 103.3 FM ESPN is the flagship home of the Mavericks, and uh, I hosted with the voice of the Mavericks, Chuck Cooperstein, and we had been talking about, because it was a lot of talk of Frank Nilakina and the possibility that he was going to end up a Maverick. You know, they had traveled, Rick Carlisle, Mark Cuban had traveled over to France to take a look at him, and, you know, there was a lot of discussion about it, and you weren't really sure if Dennis Smith Jr. was going to be there, still available, 
for Dallas to pick him when they took him, I think, uh, what, at number eight. And so when he did get that far, we had talked about the option to get him that you absolutely could not pass on him. That this is a kid that if he is drafted in another year, if he was taken, if he was in the draft last year, he would have gone number two behind Ben Simmons, and there would have been a discussion that should he go at number one. If he goes next year, there would have been that same discussion. Now, it all just, things happened the way they did with NC State throughout the year, and they kind of uh, just fell by the wayside. You know, they had the problems. We talked to Mark Gottlieb uh, on that broadcast that night, and he said, yeah, you know, things just kind of fell apart. But for Dennis Smith Jr. to take any of the blame for any of that is absolutely ridiculous. He was a great teammate. There were some knocks on him as far as his uh, character and personality. We talked to him and Mark Gottlieb that night, his former coach, and it, it seemed to be nothing further from the truth as far as what we were able to sense from Dennis Smith Jr. Mark Gottfried said he is an absolute perfect guy to coach. Rick Carlisle really liked him. This is an absolute home run. We thought it on draft night, and I think you saw, if you watched any of what uh, the uh, Summer League in Las Vegas, what is going to be a preview of what you'll see in Dallas coming up this year. I mean, he was your only draft pick for this year's draft, and what a, what a doozy! I know. I had him. I know. I had him going to New York in our in our mock draft uh, when we did that. I thought he would have been a really good fit for the Knicks as a starting over piece, as they eventually part ways with their very expensive purse and Carmelo Anthony. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see if they'll be lucky enough to do that, Alex. I mean, you know, I think that that there's nothing that those two need to do more than separate from themselves, but the the Knicks are an absolute shit show, so you have no idea how that's all going to play up there. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. is about as electrifying a player that you would have found in college basketball last year. Best mistake I've ever seen. In the summer league, absolutely. Uh, I mean, we we talked about it on our show, John Jock Taylor, and I, I said, I mean, I literally audibly went, whoa! And he missed it. And uh, I just think that, uh, you know, we're talking about a possible rookie of the year. The fact that he came to a perfect situation and a coach with Rick Carlisle, you know, if I had to put some money down, it certainly would be uh, on him. I, uh, I have a note on, on here for the, for the show notes that the sun barely set on the Dallas Empire because you guys are, you know, kind of preparing for life after Dirk, or as I've referred to it last year as Dallas A.D., <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and I, I think I think you're in good hands, but uh, and I'm, I'm sure we were going to touch on this eventually, so we might as well get onto it now. The Nerlens Null contract situation, and I mean, turning down the it, large deal, betting on himself for the qualifying offer. How's that? How's that sitting with you? Well, well, you got to understand how how things like this can work, and uh, it could. You can look at it that Nerlens Noel said, you know, no to this because I, you know, I want to test free agency. I want to see what's out there. But you you got to take into consideration that a lot of these athletes will stay away from this, and they'll say they'll let their agents handle this. They'll say, you know, get me the best deal possible, but they'll be as hands-off as possible. I don't know exactly what happened here, but we do know the aftermath, which was Nerlens Noel moving on from his representation and, and, and going to another agent in Rich Paul, who we all know um, has a number of different players, one of which is LeBron James. And so I kind of take that look at it, that that possibly uh, what had gone down, because, yeah, you know, the $4.1 million qualifying offer is $200,000 less than he made last year, a $4.3 million. And it was uh, rumored that 
when the Mavericks had made their initial offer, that 70 that you're talking about, that Nerlens and his agent, or you know, both together, came back with wanting a max deal. And the Mavericks were actually a little offended by it, that they would even consider that, because he's just not that type of player. Uh, you know, the league doesn't have a whole lot of these anymore because, you know, if you're – this is a shooting league now, and Nerlens Noel is one of those kind of throwback types of centers. He doesn't have that stretch game. Now, he's excellent around the rim. He's going to give you great defense, and he's going to be able to shoot within close range. And I think he is going to be uh, – play a nice role for this team and what we'll see next year and hopefully for the future uh, being a, a good group once they can build – but he's, you know, he's not a guy that's going to stretch the floor, and that's what so many of these teams want out there. And so, yeah, betting on himself or whatever happened with he and his agent and the decision that was made by them was clearly the wrong one. And, uh, you know, they ended up with, you know, a lot of pie in their face. So do you think that, you know, in terms of, like, floor ceiling here, do you think his ceiling is, like, for the type of player that he is, worth the money that he's seeking? Because he's kind of pulling the the most relative move I can think of is like a Jimmy Butler kind of move, where he's going to go out there on a cheaper deal, try to blow the league away, and, and get the money he wants. You know, the following season. Do you think? I'm not asking you to prognosticate here, obviously, but do you, do you think that he is a player that's going to be able to capitalize on that opportunity? Um, you know what? It's a good question because yeah, you'd love to be like yeah, you know, like go show us. You know, go out there and do it. Uh, but the fact is, is that you've got a uh, – he doesn't have the type of game that is really going to wow you in the other sense of other – like, I mean, if, if he had a 20-foot jump, uh, jump shot in his repertoire, you know, that would be something different. And, and you know, you, I could see for Nerlens coming up this year, it, really, the ceiling for him, I, I think you look at a guy like um, Dwight Howard Light. You know, somebody that has a lot of power, that is going to be a terrific finisher at the rim, a great rim protector, but I, I don't see him as a guy that is going to get, you know, 25, 20 to 25 points a game, certainly. And when you look at how this team is going to score, it's going to be led by Harrison Barnes, and then you're going to have Dennis Smith Jr., so for him to warrant the type of money that at least it looked like he was looking for in this offseason, he would have to elevate his game to a level that we've never seen before out of Nerland's Noel. And I've been watching him longer than most for obvious reasons, sure. being a, a Kentucky guy. So, you know, I, I would find that to be highly <laughs> unlikely. But, hey, you know, sure, you know. I mean, Kentucky's got how much money? I mean, you see the money well, gets tossed around, right? I mean, you're it's... right, but that it, but that's also going to change because the the salary cap is not going to be going up anymore. Um, you know, it, it's been going up the last few years, and so you do see that, and you've had this influx of these uh, these mass contracts, and I think with that, and the NBA had instituted it within collective bargaining where they were, you know, the Mavericks are going to be able to offer Nerlens Noel more than anybody else is going to do that. That's an element as well because they want guys to stay instead of moving around to these different teams. And although we have seen that and this, you know, talk of the quote-unquote super teams, 
I think it's just because you had a perfect storm over the last two seasons and how they had collectively bargained, you know, the salary cap was going to go. But you're not going to see it increase anymore. So it's not like you're going to have what we've had over the past two off seasons where there's going to be these crazy numbers for guys that, you know, like, you know, God love Wesley Matthews. But, you know, Wesley Matthews is not worth that contract, you know, and you're just you're going to see less and less of that. I completely agree with you about Nerlens Noel. I think uh, he's going to have to put on a hell of a show to impress them more than a $70 million contract. And uh, <clears throat> it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, I, I like Nerlens Noel, but I haven't seen anything that's just made me go, wow, you know, with them. And I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting to see him. But uh, I did want to ask you a little... Yeah, Sean. I mean, look, you know, I mean, part of it, you know, to be fair to Nerlens is the fact that, you know, he's had injuries, and that's another yes. part of it, too, yes. as to how, you know, he's looking for this mass deal and all that, and, you know, you don't really, you're not sure how much you can, money you can put into it. Part of the reason why the Mavericks were a little bit offended by the fact that he wanted a max deal in all these years is that, you know, he's got to prove that he could stay healthy throughout a whole season. He's got knee issues. And, you know, they've already gone through that recently with Chandler Parsons, and they were unwilling to give Chandler Parsons what he wanted because they were too afraid to throw money at a guy that's got bad knees. That was a good and decision, when too. when you look at Chandler down in Memphis, yeah, exactly. And so you could see the reticence from the Mavericks uh, with Nerlens right now. But I do believe, you know, he, he's younger than, uh, than Chandler. Um, I, I believe with how they're building the team that there's going to be more upside with Noel uh, by having him, you know, at the four and five, you know, uh, at that position. I want to talk a little bit about Harrison Barnes. So last summer, Dallas throws him a ton of money, uh, $94 million over four years. Uh, he comes in having the best season yeah. of his career, which he should have. I mean, he was on a team that uh, – didn't have a whole lot of scoring options at the time. So, I mean, he, he averaged 19.2 points a game, um, you know, and he, he only missed three games. He had he was very durable throughout the year. What do you expect to see from, from Harrison this season? Well, I mean, I expect to see what we saw last year. And Harrison was just a, a great surprise. And it, if you knew him, if you were as closest to the, to the team as, say, like a Chuck Cooperstein or a Mark Folliwell who does the call – on television on Fox Sports Southwest, you could tell how much they really liked Harrison Barnes. He's a very smart kid. Uh, he's a very enlightened guy, and he has a lot of self-awareness, which with athletes you don't see uh, in all of them. And the fact that they went and threw all this money at him instead of Chandler Parsons, there was a lot of people here, very smart people, uh, like Tim McMahon, who covers the team for ESPN.com. Myself, I thought, I, I was like, I, I didn't understand why they threw it at Harrison Barnes and not at Chandler Parsons when you knew the risk with Parsons. And the belief was that he could turn into a primary scorer on their team. And he had never been that before, obviously. But they felt like there was something there on him working on his game uh, that they everybody kind of saw when he was going to college at North Carolina. And that turned out to be true with the 19 points per game. And they thought by the end of the year he could turn into that kind of primary scorer. And he came out right away and was the entire season. And when you couple that with the fact that obviously Dirk is in decline, although he, he's still been you know, productive, that, that's how they got to the 33 wins they did. And so when you think about 
where this team is and how far they are away from being one of the contenders, not just a playoff team in the top eight in the West, but obviously a top four team. They're still years away from that, but there's no question that Harrison Barnes should be a big piece in that, whether it's him in a uniform or if they were to move him at some point, which I would I would find to be unlikely. But if they did move him, he's proven to be a you know a, a good solid NBA scorer. So with that and the talent migration that's moved out west, how do you think Dallas is looking? You know, heading into this season in terms of like if you could project, are you thinking there's going to be an improvement with their additions and everything that, that they've that they've done this off season? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you can look at it and say it was a pretty quiet off season. Um, I was unheard of. 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 I was like, I, you know, I, I don't know who these people are. I, I, I tell you what, and it, it's, but you have to take into consideration just how good the front office is for Dallas with Donnie Nelson, with Rick Carlisle, and Mark Cuban, and they get a lot of criticism. And rightfully so because of the fact that they try to go in and they have tried to hit so many home runs in free agency and they've whiffed. And because of that, they bet a lot on free agency and not building through the draft. And then, you know, you bring in guys like Seth Curry, who have been basically left for dead, and Yogi Ferrell, who was undrafted. (laughs) And you see what they were all able to do for this team and where they were able to go, you know, in the middle part of the year where there actually was a playoff pushing them before they decided to tank without tanking, as Mark Cuban put it, uh, which was the right thing to do. And so, you know, they've got a nice little core here to where they can build off that and then, you know, bring in Dennis Smith Jr., who I, who I think will be a star in the league. You know, you're a couple pieces away from being one of those top teams in there because you don't know how it's going to play out. Look, Oklahoma City has got Russell Westbrook and Paul George. Paul George is going to the Lakers. I, I would be stunned. <laughs> I would be stunned if that happens, if it, if it doesn't happen that way. Utah is not going to be what they were without Gordon Hayward. The L.A. Clippers clearly not going to be anywhere near as good without Chris Paul, and that's kind of an organization that has been, you know, a little messy as far as, you know, being able to put a championship-type team out there. You know, they've had their, you know, their close misses and all that. Now, Chris Paul going to the Rockets, uh, I do like. It'll be really fun to watch them play, you know, with James Hart. But still, so we're talking about some teams that have gotten better. Obviously, Golden State is the best. But by the time Golden State maybe starts to come back to earth a little bit, that might and, and we're talking at you know two, three, four years down the road, you know you will see an influx of some of these other teams that are in the bottom that are going to be a lot better. I think the Lakers will have a huge turnaround because not only are they going to get Paul George, but I think that they're going to get LeBron. And with Lonzo Ball, it's going to be Showtime 2.0. So they could have the fastest turnaround. Um, I really like what Sacramento did in the draft. Um, Minnesota, I don't know what to think. All I know is is that they have got a terrific talent in Carl Anthony Towns. They won 31 games last year, and that's really low. That should have been a team that was competing much better than it did. I don't know what to think about New Orleans, too, who has, in my opinion, the best young talent in the entire NBA in Anthony Davis. You bring over DeMarcus Cousins, and I, I think that can be really good together, but you're still only talking about two guys on that team. Uh, you got really nobody else that's there. Denver, underachieved. Portland, 41-41, and 41, where are they going? What's the future with them? Memphis is getting older. 
you know, I, I could see, you know, the teams that I just mentioned, like Dallas, Sacramento, the Lakers, making a move up where in a couple years they're pretty formidable and those other teams like the Clippers, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, and basically swapping all those teams. Now, will they be good enough to defeat Golden State, San Antonio, who just seems to, you know, they're, they're like the Cardinals. You're like, who the hell is this guy and why is he so fucking good? <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like I could put on a San Antonio uniform and go out there and drop 20 and 10. I, I, I don't know how they do it, but that's just what they do. So, so um, you, you that's, that's off, how I look at the West right now. You, you rattled off a, a core group of guys for Dallas, and this is going to be kind of a two-way question, and... The questions are mutually exclusive, so I'm not, I'm not looking to, you know, it's not two sides of the same coin or anything here. But you've mm-hmm. got Dennis Smith Jr., Yogi Ferrell, looking at the roster, which I didn't know, Devin Harris, J.J. Barea, mm-hmm. Seth Curry, you mentioned Wes Matthews. Who isn't going to make it to the end of the season? Because that is a guard glut. It is. Um, I think what you're going to see, well, Seth Curry is going to be at the two. Um, we saw him play a lot at the point guard position last year when J.J. Barea had gotten hurt. Um, you know, Darren Williams had gotten injured, and, of course, he was traded. And so you saw them maneuver around a little bit there. Uh, I expect him you know, to be the two, Dennis Smith Jr., to be the one. Uh, and then Yogi Ferrell and J.J. Barea will be there. I expect J.J. to, you know, he's 33 years old, uh, but the guy just delivers. Uh, it, it's you know, he's kind of the heart and soul of the team. Uh, he's certainly provided tremendous lift off the bench uh, for this group. Yogi, it's hard to ignore what he was able to do for you last year. Devin Harris is one of those, he's kind of a uh, a stretch type of guy a little bit, you know. I mean, he's only 6'3", but he's got incredible athleticism. Uh, and then you got Wesley Matthews, too. Um, if I had to say one of them that will not be there, I, I would say probably Devin Harris. But then again, you're you're talking about you're starting to split hairs a little bit here with guys that are not too separated as far as uh, talent and ability. They all do bring a little bit something different. But uh, I mean, you know who's going to be at the top. The starting lineup will be Seth Curry. Uh, it'll be Dennis Smith Jr. Um, I would imagine. Coming off of the bench right away would be J.J. and Yogi. Um, Wesley Matthews, I think, will actually move to the three spot. Uh, I could see that for this team um, with Harrison Barnes playing the four and then Nerlens playing the five. I mean, it, there's a very real possibility that you could look at Dirk Nowitzki coming off the bench for a good majority of the season as well. Ooh. That's going to be weird to see. It's kind of – yeah, it's hard to see, but, you know, Dirk has talked about it for the last two years. I mean, only, well, it's not like he brings it up, like, please, please, you know, put me on the bench. <laughs> but he does get asked about it, and he has always said he has absolutely no issue with coming off the bench if that's the best thing for the team. Now, to be honest, it, it hasn't. You know, Dirk led the team in scoring the year before last with, uh, I believe, right around 19 points per game. And so, and then last year, I believe he was at 14 uh, with Harrison Barnes leading the way in scoring. So, you know, Dirk has proven to be a guy that has been, you know, uh, a good part of this team and a good piece for them, even though he's certainly declined in his latter years. Uh, You know, for them, he's been productive. You never really know if all of a sudden there could be a significant drop-off this year or what. But I, I will say that, you know, they do play a lot better 
when Harrison Barnes is at the four by bringing in Nerlens Noel at the five. I, I think it's going to look like much more of a reality uh, that the best lineup that they can put, the best five, is going to be with Dirk on the bench. So with that, who or what is missing from this team? Like, if, if you could add just, you know, no strings attached, anyone to your roster, superstars notwithstanding, to, to bring Dallas up that, that one more step, who is it? Like, what, what type of player or what player specifically do you see and go, man, he'd be perfect for Dallas? Um, well, I think, you know, you're, you're set at the point guard position. Uh, I think if you did bring in a, a dynamic, you know, we used to look at two guards, like Michael Jordan used to be a two guard, or Kobe Bryant. But, you know, those guys are – the bottom line, what you're looking for is another star. I should say that first and foremost. To win in the NBA now, you got to have multiple stars. And right now, the Mavericks don't have any. Um, Harrison Barnes is not a star. Harrison Barnes, I think, is a really good player. Uh, and he's going to be a really good piece. I think Dennis Smith could – very well become a star, but obviously, you know, he's just a rookie. you got to have at least two on your team if you're entertaining anything as far as being uh, championship worthy. Um, as far as where on the floor, I would say anywhere. Uh, I would take any position where you would get a superstar outside a point guard because I think Dennis Smith Jr. is your best shot at having one right there. Uh you know, you the way that the NBA is played now, uh, with ball movement, with shooting from the outside, you don't have to have you know the the center that's back to the basket. You don't see a whole lot of that anymore. Um, you know, you can have a guy at the power forward position that can be like uh, you know we saw Jason Tatum play at Duke last year with like with his size. It'll obviously be different in the NBA. But um, these guys can all shoot and score from a number of different areas. So it, it, it's not a specific skill set that I believe that you're looking for. You're just looking for another star, uh, somebody that can get you a lot of points. Tim's going to be really upset if I miss this opportunity to do this. With you being the U.K. homer that you are oh, and yes. us covering the Dallas Mavericks, just take the floor and talk about Jamal Mashburn. Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> Mashburn. I you really threw me for one there because I I didn't know we were gonna go Jamal Mashburn. I thought you were gonna I thought you were gonna say something about the Phoenix Suns because I call them the Kentucky Suns all the time on our show. But uh, I mean, Mash was. It, it, it's interesting. It's such a different time. You know, uh, we've got so many one and duns, and you have so many dynamic players that can take over games now. Where you would have. One player per let, – let, let's just take in the SEC during that time. You could the, – the first team SEC, there's probably, what, one, two NBA stars in that group. You could have in a conference four guys, four or five guys on a first-team all-conference that can be stars in the league now. It's just so different. And so when Mashburn was playing at Kentucky, all you had to do was have good role players around Jamal Mashburn, and you could win. You couldn't build a college basketball team like that and compete against Kansas, Duke, Kentucky now, North Carolina. You would do it. North Carolina last year was the closest thing to it, the closest thing to it, because you didn't really have superstars. 
but they were such an anomaly. They're such an outlier because you had guys that were good college basketball players that weren't obvious stars at the next level, so they had to stay in school. And so you had one of these teams that you just don't see a lot anymore that were really good, but that were juniors, seniors. And, and so that's like when you, when you look back at those teams, I mean, like we're talking Jamel Martinez played with Jamal Mashburn with that sensational piece of lip bacon that he was rocking back in 91. I mean, uh, you know, they were – it was a. It's a different time in college basketball, and it's part of the reason why. I mean, although I'm nostalgic talking about teams like that, and you go back to just how good the '96 Kentucky team was. Well, now the great thing about college basketball is that you can have a few different teams that'll look almost like the '96 Wildcats, which is crazy. If people in Kentucky be like, "Dude, what what the hell's the matter with you? That's like blasphemy." I'm like, that's. <laughs> I mean, hey, you're looking at a lot of guys that go pro, you know, on some of these programs that are all playing together on a team, and you know that's that's why it's a different it's a different game now at that level. Well, well, before we let you go, and he's a sensational businessman. Let's be honest, the dude makes it fucking rain like no one has ever <laughs> seen before. He buys it at dealerships after an NBA career. Right? I mean, you want to talk about somebody that is getting it right. If you buy into a dealership afterwards, I mean, I bet he goes home and dives into a huge building full of cash like Donald Duck. I mean, just swims around in that. Lord knows what he's doing on that pile of money. I hate to correct you. It was Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> oh, that's right. Scrooge. My mistake. So, and all those I, coins. I, I know one of our one of our one of our six listeners is going to be like, "God damn it, that's not right." <laughs> oh, you I have can't, no idea. I can't let that go unchecked. Alex, but I we'll... live in that world. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Every single day of my life, I mention one thing that's wrong. I got thirty tweets coming up my ass. <laughs> well, again, thank you for joining us. But before we let you go, it's what? time to play fan wagon. Now, Fanwagon is the part of the show where I remind everybody that John Paxson and Gar Foreman traded Jimmy Butler for Laurie Markadon, which then led to Sean, Tim, and myself turning in our fan cards for the Chicago Bulls. So as we do these season previews, I have been asking each guest to sell us on why we should subscribe to their team, why we should drink their Kool-Aid. So, Will, the floor okay. is yours. Why should we drink the Kool-Aid of Cuban and Carlisle? <laughs> oh, okay. I, I almost thought you were going to ask about the Bulls because you know very well I'm with you. on the. You, I'm a big Bulls fan. The right, no, the Bulls are dead. Okay. Um, it kind of pains me to hear you say that, Alex. I'm not going to lie, but I, I get it. I get it. Uh, maybe someday John Paxson will no longer be there. We can only um, dream. Quite simply, right, quite simply um, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to be worth the price of admission. The kid is absolutely electric. He will be Sports Center highlights night in and night out. So at the very least, when you're looking at a team that had won 33 games last year, that could they compete for that eighth and final playoff spot in the West? Yeah, they could, but who really gives a shit about a team like that? Like, how much are you checking up on Portland and Denver in February? Like, you could give a shit, right? No. Dennis Smith Jr., is worth the watch. I'm telling you, and if we are lucky enough, we'll get him in the slam dunk competition at the NBA All-Star Game. And, I, I, you know, you can't expect too much out of a rookie, 
because the great point guards across the game right now, you know, it's amazing when you look at it because I was actually surprised by this. None of them really scored more than like 15 points per game in their rookie year. And so it's hard to expect him to be in that realm or north of that. But just the sheer uh, electricity that he is going to bring to a television, to an NBA game by his athleticism is definitely uh, what I would be selling this team on right now. And one more. Actually, I'll throw in one more. How much are you going to be able to watch Dirk Nowitzki the rest of his career? This is going to be it. I know that he talks about you know, possibly playing 21, just the fact that Kobe is the other player to play 20 years, and that would, you know, obviously move him past that. I don't expect it. And if last year is any indication of what we saw, he still has a little magic in him. And when you get the magic Dirk moments, they're pretty awesome. Um, When he uh, broke the... um, whatever threshold it was, off the top of my head, I'm having an old man moment. Um, I think 30,000 points or whatever it was. That first and second quarter, I mean, the place was packed. The American Airlines Center was there to see him do it. But the manner in which he did it, by getting hot and knocking down all those threes, the guy defies everything that you believe you're going to see. He doesn't move around very well, and you're like, there's no way. that like, it's, You're just waiting for a significant drop-off. I mean, sometimes it hurts to watch him move, but yet he still delivers these moments. So I would say to check in uh, to watch Dennis Smith Jr. is definitely why you watch the Mavericks. But while you're there, hopefully you get a Dirk magic moment. That was a that's a very easy magazine for me to subscribe to. Will, thank you. I would, I you know, I I would, I would, buy I would from like from to you think. I, all right, well, good because I'm wondering what kind of television ratings they're going to get this year. There there is a lot of excitement around Dennis Smith Jr. No doubt about it. But sometimes they're just like, all right, what do we have to do? Because I have to watch it myself sometimes, and it's not always easy. Higher or lower than Shark Tank? Well, I'm going to go higher, although I really do like Shark Tank. (laughs) And I'm pretty excited to see A-Rod on Shark Tank to see how that goes down and to see him battling it because A-Rod's one of those where – and I I, I like A-Rod, and I love him in a baseball realm with him on television. I think he's been really good. But I think he is going to be over-analytical douche where he'll just kind of, you know, have this look on his face where he's, like, really overthinking on it, and he really sounds like the biggest fucking dweeb you've ever heard in your life, and you're going to be like, man, I don't I don't know. I think you are taking this a little bit way too seriously, even though it's a serious type of show. I can almost guarantee you that's how it's going to play out. Love him on, on Fox. Love him. think he's terrific. Good for him there. This is, I can only imagine. Well, before we wrap up, where can the people of Earth find you, Will? Uh, well, you can find me in Frisco, Texas right now. Uh, but uh, you can find me, our uh, podcast center, you can punch us up at KESN1033.com uh, to listen to our broadcast. Of course, you can listen live every day, and we're on from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Central Time. So I know you guys in the East, it's uh, 10 to 2 in case you don't know how that works. We also have a free app. The ESPN Dallas app is free in the App Store on your smartphone, and that is honestly how I listen. I just got off the golf course, uh, and I played listening to Steve Dennis and Tim Kalashaw, um, you know, on their show. It's uh, the easiest way to do it there, too. Or punch us up at uh, 103.3 FM ESPN if you're in DFW. 
Well, this has been 48 Minutes, Episode 7, the Dallas Mavericks Season Preview. If you like it, go to 48minutesnetwork.com. Read the articles we have been writing, because not everything can be heard with your eyes. Sometimes you have to use your eyes to see. It's, it's a good if you point. Like what you hear on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, click the subscribe button. We do this show every single week, and sometimes we have additional shows that we have pop up, like the Dropping Balls with Tim and Ben, which is our draft recap show. Court Stormers, the NCAA show we're going to be doing throughout the season. We've had an emergency podcast for when Kyrie Irving gets traded. And if you never want to miss an episode, click that subscribe button, rate us on iTunes, leave us a review, tell us how much you love us, and until next week, hail Hayward, and good night.